welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel and my guest today is basel halisey the super awesome the person behind all those crazy inventive marketing things that's happening on Korea. thanks for coming to the sanctuary today thank you so much israel it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here okay so i'll just start with like you know the low-hanging fruits here why marketing why marketing so um it'll, it'll require a bit of a backstory to kind of get into that uh so i um i moved to canada when i was 16 um you know both my parents have an engineering background um and when i finished high school in uh, in bedford i um I, I wanted to go into engineering as well and i kind of tried that out for about a year but it's it, you know, I, I've always been a kind of fan of science. I was more of a science person growing up in school and stuff. But, um, you know, I was just, you know, I had sales jobs and I started working some side marketing gigs. And I was like, I really enjoy this stuff. So um, it kind of came to me at the end of uh, my first year. I was like, I am going into marketing and this is what I want to mm. do. Um, and yeah, you know, started kind of working in marketing as I'm doing my degree, um, mostly in the experiential marketing space. I don't know if you're familiar, but, um, no, what is that? Experiential marketing is essentially, it's, it's a bit of a fancier word for event marketing. So, um, you know, you, you, it's building experiences essentially. So, you know, uh, if you ever go to uh, festivals or corporate events and stuff and you see those, you know, elaborate booths that create a certain experience to, you know, where you can experience ah. the brand rather than just, you know, see a, you know, digital advertising or a banner of sorts. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's experiential marketing. So I, I used to do a lot of the infield work, you know, whether it's guerrilla marketing at the Buskers Festival in Halifax or, you know, it's a little pop-up for Best Buy in the park or, you know, it, it could be anything really. Um, and, yeah, that's what I did in, um, you know, during my studies. And, um, yeah, I, I just loved it since day one. So... Um, and I can get into kind of how kind of that led to digital marketing and a whole lot of other stuff, but, um, that's, that was mm. the start. Oh man. And was that switch easy or difficult for you from, uh, engineering to marketing? Um, and like. Did you have any pushback from family? No, I, my, my family is, uh, one of those very loosely liberal immigrants, rather than the strict demanding ones, <laughs> um, which, you know, we, we all kind of have our uh, flavors and families, but um, right. they were very supportive. I, I didn't get into too much uh, engineering. I only kind of, when I first started, I wanted to take things slow. So it wasn't uh, a huge transition because I only started part-time at first. Um, and, you know, it was kind of like, you know, uh, my dad had a cafe at the time. I was helping them out and doing a bit of part-time. And then I was just, you know, I went full steam with uh, marketing at St. Mary's. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how was how was studying at St. Mary's? I I loved St. Mary's. I loved every minute there. Um, you know, obviously, it's 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 the university experience. Um, I had kind of a mix of both because the first couple of years I lived at home, and then the last couple of years I um, lived by myself or with my girlfriend at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, so I got kind of the stay at home university life and then the kind of on my own as well, uh, which was, you know, 
you you learn and you get your independence at that time and all that jazz. So it's a, it was a mm. it was a good learning experience. And did you get into work straight out of school? Uh, yes. So <clears throat> as soon as I finished, I uh, moved to Toronto because in my mind <clears throat> it was I'm a marketing grad and um, sorry, I'm just getting a little drink. <clears throat> Um, yeah, in my, in my mind, it's, you know, all the agencies that I used to do work for in, in Halifax and, um, you know, Atlantic Canada, really, were all based in Toronto. So, you know, my move was, okay, I'm working my ranks here. I have a lot of events under my belt. I move up to Toronto and I start working there. So that was, um, that was the logical move in my head. And, uh, so I moved to Toronto and got a job at one of the marketing agencies that I did work for in the field in Halifax. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, Toronto is the main base, like, the headquarters, whatever, and then they have, like, an offshoot here in Halifax, yeah. and you were doing that here. It's like, yeah, well, I've proven myself. So, I mean, exactly. I, I'd rather be at the home base. And um, was that move, just not work-wise, but just in general, was that a difficult or easy one? Um, it was actually <clears throat> quite nice because uh, at the time, my little brother just finished high school um, in Bedford as well. And he moved up to Toronto to do uh, math and physics at UFT. And my mom also got an engineering job in Toronto. So they both moved before <laughs> me. And so I, you know, I finished school and I kind of followed them up there. So it was, it was pretty nice because, you know, my family was already here and, um, right. and, um, so what, like the entire family is there now? Yeah. Yeah. My mom and uh, brother are here. Actually, my brother just finished at UFT five years later and, um, he's traveling the world. He's in Australia right now. So, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, was he here during, like, before COVID, like, when, um, when did he... He, he um, no, he, like, finished right after lockdown, and then uh, last winter, when things kind of loosened up before they got strict again, he left, and mm. um, they went to, like, Croatia, uh, Chile, and then Australia, so they're just kind of, like... Holy shit, that's, like, fun, fun, fun yeah. countries to go to. Yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> and uh before covid hit how was working uh in toronto were you still doing the same things that you did here so um and we'll kind of get into the timeline a bit later but um you know essentially I, you know I, I got that first job after i finished school um i worked at that agency for you know about a year and then another opportunity opened up um for you know a higher management position at another agency so i went and spent uh also a couple of years or two two and a half years there and um and then you know covid hit the industry you know the experiential slash event industry pretty much died <laughs> so uh <laughs> we um yeah. you know we we kind of you know, they kept uh, people on and we kept working on some projects, getting creative about how we can kind of uh, do things and how, you know, how we can sustain the company through throughout COVID. And then um, at the same time, um, Korea was kind of my evening and weekend job. So uh, and Korea became very 
demanding, essentially. And um, that's when it was kind of, you know, uh, our when COVID hit, Korea's three-year plan turned into a four-month plan. Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, you know, it was it was all about just kind of fulfilling orders and getting groceries and food to people's houses. So the main focus was hire, train, um, and you know, fulfill as many orders as possible. Uh, we promised same day delivery. We kind of um, you know pulled through on that promise, and uh, we were able to kind of maneuver quite smoothly. I, I'm not gonna say it was easy. But uh, and it was a lot of hard work, um, you know, all hands on deck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we came out of it when when it kind of died down. And let's say July, things kind of slowed down a bit. Uh, you know, people started going back to the grocery store a bit. Um, you know, not everyone was locked in the house. That's when that's kind of when we, you know, um, took a breath and kind of started, all right, well, we hired everything and we, you know, <clears throat> got all these processes in place. Let's get organized, you know? Um, so, you know, that summer, last summer gave us, um, you know, we were still quite busy because a lot of people, you know, saw the value in grocery, um, you know, delivery. And they said, well, I, COVID or not, why would I ever go to the grocery store again? Right. right. Um, so, you know, it, people were able to kind of, um, you know, continue ordering through Korea, but we had enough breathing space where we were able to kind of go back to the drawing table, be like, okay, so this is what we learned from this past three, four months rush. And, um, you know, we kind of uh, evaluated all those things and uh, put in some new processes, did some hiring kind of, you know, the, uh, well, when you're going, when you start going from a startup to somewhat of a higher functioning startup, there's a lot of transitions. There's a lot of things, processes, protocols that need to be implemented. Uh, you know, at first we were, you know, keep the receipts on you. We'll worry about them later. All of that, and you know, and then we create processes. You know, now you got to upload them here and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it, it's. It, it, it took some time, but, you know, by the end of the summer, we felt like, okay, now if another COVID wave hits, um, we will be ready. And, you know, we know everything that we need to do. And uh, at that time, you know, winter came um, and we, winter is our busy season anyway, because mm-hmm. people don't want to walk in the rain and the snow. So, um, <laughs> and with that combined with a bit of, you know, um, remnants of the uh, wave one, it was... Um, Things were looking good for the business. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, you know, the brothers have this idea to meet you, get everything on board. COVID makes you guys sprint four years into four months. Um, things are moving up. What are some of the lessons that stood out for you in that period? Um, I, I mean, you know, it, it's lessons and kind of advice for anyone to kind of have a you know a obviously no one saw COVID coming right so um but process and protocol and you know if we were talking uh if Muhammad was here he's our CEO he is um very you know focused on processes and protocols and um you know if if looking back I think you know implementing process and protocols is more important than 
sometimes than marketing and branding and all of that, <clears throat> especially when you we are a tech company, but there's a lot of logistics involved in uh, delivery. So, um, you know, I think mostly is, you know, figure out your logistics and figure out how you can function at, you know, low volume and at the highest volume volume possible. Measure how much you can handle type of thing. Yeah. So running, I'm guessing, like you said, is a tech company because you have this app. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get, what was your customer acquisition process? Because like it's new. How do you guys get people on the app? Right. So um, I, I actually, just to kind of uh, put it out there, the app is coming out in October. So as a, as a mobile app, we do right, not have right, an app right, yet. Right, so right. we have a web app now web. and a yeah. website. Um, um, you know, we, we are obviously the biggest news for us this year is will be, will be the app, um, coming somewhat October, November time. Mm. And, um, you know, I think, I think the, I think that at the beginning, like we were thinking about, uh, we were talking about <clears throat> May and June of 2019, we had, I don't know, like seven, eight, 12 orders, something like that. Like, you know, something you can count on your hands uh, in terms of <laughs> orders. And it was, you know, our revenue was like a thousand bucks or something like that. So, um, you know, a lot of our acquisition came, you know, from digital advertising. So that, that's kind of one of the things that I did was uh, obviously friends and family started out by trying out the service. Some of our friends supported us to test everything and all that. But then we started running, you know, get Google advertisement, Facebook, um, <clears throat> Instagram, Snapchat, really just expanding everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. We just wanted to make like a lot of noise uh, that there is this service now. And in 2019, <clears throat> you know, Uber Eats was just getting there. So we were getting, you know, food orders. Some people were like, oh, okay, last minute groceries, um, some late night munchies, things like that. So, uh, but then, you know, and I'm not going to say not everyone saw the value of grocery delivery before COVID. A lot of people did. As we moved into the winter months, our first year before COVID hit, people, you know, uh, it's a rainstorm and people would just search grocery delivery. And, you know, we, we would make sure we were the first people to pop up on Google. Um, so, you know, that, that was kind of our acquisition strategy. Um, we did some flyers. We did, you know, but, but we were mostly focused on digital marketing. Um, mm. You know, and then once the, once we started building that customer base, then we moved into email marketing and, you know, the promotions and flash sales and that kind of thing to, to retain our existing customers. So, um, it, you know, the, there's the marketing funnel. You know, we, we kind of start with the brand awareness. You move down to the conversions, retargeting, and all that jazz. So um, we still do this till this day, you know. We, we still mm. kind of move down that funnel. Um, and we have certain objectives, how many retaining customers we use, you know, cohort analysis and all that kind of stuff um, in order to retain and continue to grow in terms of a customer base. Okay. So mm-hmm. you do that and that's really down your wheelhouse. You mm-hmm. do this. People, how does it work? I see a courier ad on my Instagram. I click it. It opens me to the website. What happens mm-hmm. from there? Um you know, well, you know, usually our ads are, you know, something quirky, you know, um, sometimes we have like for especially pet owners, for example, I'll take pet owners as an example. So, you know, um, we'll say like, 
no empty bowls ever again. And it's like a, a cat looking in, you know, distress that you know, it's an empty bowl or something. So, um, and we put on a tagline like uh, your your needs and your pet's needs delivered in the HRM, right? So you click on that and, you know, you want to get your cat food or, you know, maybe it's an older lady that can't carry that cat litter or, you know, those big little jugs of cat litter. Uh, so, you know, you go on Korea, you're presented with, you know, the groceries, restaurants, uh, flour, medicine. So those are kind of our four categories. And I'll talk about, we kind of um, expanded on that a bit from, from mm. that. Uh, but you are able to kind of go in, um, browse through aisles. So the grocery section is broken down in terms of aisles. So just like you're walking into the grocery store, there's a produce section, there's a bakery, there's, you know, pantry, um, cans, all that stuff, pet needs. So uh, people will just kind of like, you know, go in there, add to cart, whatever they need. You can do it on your phone or on your desktop. And then you just check out using PayPal, credit card, Apple Pay. You can kind of, you just got to schedule your time and pick the date. Um, you can get it, you know, within an hour. At the time we were doing two hours, but now we kind of do an hour. And we kind of uh, recently uh, introduced a 30-minute delivery for smaller orders. Wow. So, um, you know, and... That's it. You you get uh, you put your order in. You get the confirmation emails. Uh, it's similar, really, to any you know delivery service out there. Cause you know I'm used to uh, skip the dishes. All these guys mm-hmm. like uh, they're not staff. They are just like contractors, right? Exactly. Um, and it is in a way like a buffer for those companies. So it's like, hey, you know, these people like. They are not working for us. You know, we don't have to worry about all those extras and all the yeah. headache. We just want to get you your food or your whatever it is you yeah. order. Um, and then you guys are like, no, no, no. We are going to take a different route. Um, yeah. It is a, a more expensive route. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you give your reasons, it makes sense because you don't. Like, it's the same service you are going to get, right? Exactly. And, but- yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'll kind of give you an example where we had a bit more control. So, you know, messaging a customer, you know, a, a lot of people, um, so when you when you shop on our website, you're able to select, uh, whenever you select any product, you're able to do uh, please replace with similar item if it's out of stock or please refund it. So I, I really want this item. Uh, if it's, you know, I don't want any kind of a different flavor, different size or anything. I just want this. If it's not available, refund it or you have the please replace. So um, one of the vital parts of our training is how to chat with the customer about possible replacements. So, oh. you know, like take a picture, send it to the customer. Hey, this is so-and-so from Korea. Would you um, like, you know, this is out of stock. Would you like this flavor or would you like this size? Um, They also have it, you know, 0% or they have the diet option or the light option. So uh, those are the things that, you know, sometimes might take a couple extra minutes from the shopping experience, but the customer would rather, you know, just, have their order done right because yes what what you're trying to create is you're trying to substitute the um experience of shopping altogether right and uh, you don't want you want to kind of target all those little flaws um and and this is mostly in you know again mo and omar really starts this from talking to the customer so you know, we did surveys early on. We continue to talk to our customer. Our live chat is, you know, instant response. So we kind of, 
whenever we have one of those concerns from our customers, rather than just log it into the feedback book, you know, we kind of take action on it and implement, okay, from now on, this is how we're going to mess with the customer mm. or, you know, that type of thing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, mm. it it's one of those things for me, I believe, do all the hard work at the onset and then moving forward, it makes your life a lot easier because you've yeah. already done all this training, all this. And and again, customer, like acquisition of customer is great, but it's retention that you want, right? Exactly. And it's a service that the customers get that makes them stay. So yeah. um, do you have any partnerships with like uh, grocery stores, restaurants and um, so we have restaurant partners. So that was kind of, uh, you know, we started out with a few partners. We're adding a lot more. Um, we we have a pretty big coverage across the HRM. So we, uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the HRM, but we kind of, we deliver all the way out to Preston, for example. Um, or, Whoa. Yeah. So uh, we deliver Upper Tantalan, uh, Waverly, Fall River. So Holy smokes. Um, <laughs> You guys are everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, we, we take pride in that. We are the biggest delivery service in the HRM. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, if you're downtown, you're not paying the same delivery fee as someone in Preston, right? But, um, you know, we we especially thought people who are quarantining stuff, you know, people maybe might have paid like a $15 delivery fee to go all all the way out there, but that's kind of mostly taking care of the driver and their salary. Um, you know, if you're ordering a couple of hundred dollars worth of groceries, it, it, 15 bucks doesn't seem like a whole lot. And at the same time in the city, if you're ordering a $300 order, you're just paying $3.99 for the delivery. So it's, mm. you know, there's, we don't have service fees. Um, it, how we make money is, you know, small margins on our grocery items. Uh, so we're not really, as of right now, we're not affiliated to any grocery store. Um, so we list our items and we're, you know, people are able to kind of, um, you know, browse. And um, most things we source from a couple of standard grocery stores, but uh, we don't, we're not affiliated to a single grocery store. Right, right. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. In terms yeah, of partners, though. Yeah, of, no, of course. Yeah, in terms yeah. of partners, we have, um, you know, we have, um, uh, you know, just over a dozen restaurant partners. Um, we are kind of, food has, food is definitely, you know, a big value prop for us um, mm. in terms of takeout and restaurant takeout. But uh, grocery has been like our heavy bread and butter, uh, mm -hmm. especially the pandemic kind of forced that upon us. And mm. uh, we... You know, we are looking to kind of expand more on the restaurant business. And then another um, feature that we really would like to focus on or have been focusing on is specialty stores. So pet stores, little um, little independent stores. Um, you know, we, we just recently added Boost Health. So they're an all keto store, um, you know, so, you know, they don't offer delivery on any other platform. You might not be able to get their groceries at the Sobeys or the superstores, but you're able to kind of uh, get them with us. So, oh man, mm -hmm. you guys have like okay, find that niche and put Korea right there. Exactly. Because like everyone is trying to be everything, but you guys are trying to be a specific particular thing that satisfies certain customer needs. I like mm -hmm. that. So, um, and now with Korea, 
life has opened up at least here in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are getting vaccinated. Things are still opening up. Are you, are you still having a huge hiring drive or are you expanding the number of people working, uh, so, shopping for career? Yeah. So obviously we just had like the April, May lockdown again. So that was a bit of a second wave for us. We kind of saw a bit of the same pattern as last year. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, throughout the past year, really, a lot of people have just realized that I don't want to ever go into the grocery store again, you know, and especially mm-hmm. you're talking about families and dragging your kids down to the grocery store, keep your mask on and, uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's a whole process. And, you know, by, by shopping for 15 minutes at home, you know, and, and I'm, I'm telling you from someone, you know, I, I might be the ideal customer or a you know, a parent might be the ideal customer or, or really anyone who wants to not spend an hour and a half wasting, wasting an hour and a half really mm. doing grocery shopping when they can do it, you know, in 15 minutes and just it, it gets to them, right? Um, mm. You know, you're buying an hour and a half of your life back for what, a fee of three ninety nine plus a bit of a margin on um, some groceries. And, you know, some people are very price conscious and we have like weekly deals. So we match like, all the weekly flyers that come out of um, grocery stores, we match them on our website. So there's always like over a thousand items that are discounted. Um, you know, they, they mirror kind of the weekly flyers that grocery, because mm. we, we didn't want to alienate the price conscious consumer too, right? So mm. um, that was an essential feature. And, you know, Mohammed will tell you staying up at, till 4 a.m. kind of editing those discounts and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we kind of want to just kind of appeal to everyone and and show everyone that, you know, grocery delivery is very easy, as as easy as one, two delivers, you know, <laughs> unintended. So, and but, is this um, um, personalized, you know, feeling that comes with what you guys do? Yeah, it's it honestly, you know, we've there is, you know, a, you kind of go on our Google or Facebook and like read some of the testimonials and, you know, obviously, you know, I'll start with this. Obviously, you get um in any service business, you get the angry customer or the so on and so on. I I won't get into into that, but um there's customers that, you know, appreciate us in a way that really you know it's and i I don't want to make it like you know all uh, a sob story or sell it as a marketing (laughs) tactic but that you know when some people you know write us and they're like you guys you know uh, i had just had a baby and you guys were able to kind of deliver everything on time and i have last minute asks or there's Mm -hmm. people that like as the shopper is checking out they're like please can you just add these items for us and we're like of course you know so goes back in and adds those items so just going above and beyond uh, and you know i from someone who uh moved out of halifax um but still kind of works in a halifax business uh people are nice in the east coast they're really nice super nice they really appreciate if you do something nice for them and um you know, it's there's that sense of you know Halifax is not a big city, but it's a small city. But there's still that sense of small town niceness to it. So, um, you know, we we really really get messages that are heartwarming. And there's people that were in Halifax and moved away and kind of emailed us, and they're like, you know, thank you for your service for the past year. You guys have been amazing. So on and so on. And it really does motivate us to kind of you know mm. keep going. So 
Yeah. Um, and the other thing about it is like you go on the website, you order, you can also track your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that something important for you guys when you started the service? Yeah. So, and honestly, it it saves you a time of where's my order, right? So, <laughs> um, so once once you once you kind of place your order, you uh, you get a notification. You get two no- notifications. Hey, um, your shopper started shopping. Um, so you know your shopper is in the process. So stay aware. He might message you, you know, about a replacement or something like that. Um, um, you know, keep watching your phone type of thing. And then uh, once they check out and they get in the car and they're about to come to you, um, they activate a task which pushes a notification uh, to the customer and tells them, hey, your driver's on the way. They can mm. kind of track them on the map live um, and, you know, right to their doorstep. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, I mean, I'm learning so much about the process and about how you guys have built career to where it's at now. But I know you're a really busy man and I'm going to let you go. However, I need to ask, now you guys have gone career here. Mm-hmm. What next? Um, so I think uh, next stop for us is definitely, you know, um, going through Atlantic Canada. Uh, this is, you know, grocery or delivery in general, you know, last mile delivery, we call it, is... It's a, it's a bit of, it needs a city, right? You need a network effect uh, in terms, um, you know, in order for the things to work, you need a, you know, a bigger hub. Um, you won't be able to do, let's say, a grocery delivery company in Yarmouth. You might be able to, but uh, on scale, it won't, it won't really work. So we're definitely targeting bigger cities in Atlantic Canada. Um, and, you know, we are... You know, we all three of us, all three partners, we are definitely our mind is going national. So uh, we definitely want to start out with Atlantic Canada, move to, you know, maybe uh, Quebec and Ontario and eventually the rest of Canada and maybe, you know, North America. And uh, we really want to take this as big as it can go. Uh, This is a huge industry. Um, You know, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but all these big companies have huge, you know, evaluations and there is still a huge um, market share for other players. So uh, we think we can kind of come in and take quite a bit of that share. So, You know, I, I said that was my last question, but something actually came to mind when you mentioned all these bigger comp- uh, companies. Do you guys, like, is it all you two or all you three bootstrap the company up funding-wise or do you guys have any investments? So um, it was a lot of boost, boost, uh, bootstrapping <laughs> and um, we, you know, up until like a few months ago, we, it was all self-funded um, wow. and then um, we recently just kind of, you know, got a, a couple of loans. Uh, we definitely, you know, we, we will be opening up to investors, after, you know, once the app is available, you know, you when, you, when you're presenting to investors, you want to have a real nice and sleek product. And we think our app is going to be kind of a game changer. Um, not that we don't think our service right now is great, but we think the app is going to be a complete game changer for our existing customers and for people who maybe didn't use us because they love the convenience of an app. So, mm. um, yeah, and we think, you know, th- that's a lot of value to show investors in the future. So um, we're definitely kind of open to having investors come on and blowing this up as 
as far as it can go, really. Wow, Basel, thank you so much for sharing the journey of Korea. And are you are you coming to the East Coast anytime soon or I will be there on Thursday. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to the sanctuary and I'm really, really grateful you shared. Thank so you. Much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.